This is the Pickle Planet Podcast with Jenna and Tosh. Sit back and get a drink. Let's talk about parenting and how to survive it. Welcome to the Pickle Planet Podcast. I'm Tosh Taylor. And I'm Jenna Morton. And we are thrilled to have another fantastic guest joining us this week. And this is one of my favorite people to talk to when it comes to parenting, for sure, and just in general. (laughs) So I am very thrilled to welcome Anne Douglas to the podcast. I'm so happy to be here. Hi, Jenna. Hi, Tosh. It's a whole new world like this. (laughs) It is. It's fantastic. It totally is. (laughs) Yeah. So for folks who are listening or watching us who don't know Anne, she is a Canadian author who focuses on parenting. And hers, I say this all the time when we talk, the only parenting book that I bought that was about like pregnancy and parenting and all that stuff was yours, Anne. Aw, And it was fantastic. Well, because a lot of those books, oh, they drive me nuts. (laughs) they're just they're oh there's too many of them and they're all out there and they're crazy and it's either you know it's too much information or it's not enough information and it's most of the time it's someone giving their opinion which is not the kind of information I want you don't really want to improvise when it comes to like (laughs) (laughs) oh no but your books are Canadian which is what drew me to them first and they're so factual and they're so well-researched, and you put so much effort into making sure that you speak with as many Canadian parents and experts as you can when you put your books together. And so I just, I absolutely love your approach to all of this. And you wonder why, if you ever want to talk to me, I'm always willing to come on camera or or record with you. I mean, like, this is like the validation that every author dreams of. So I'm just going to play this recording on permanent loop in my office to impress my family members and my publisher and all that. So thank you so much, Jen. I really appreciate that. Oh, you're welcome. And so, you know, that's why we're, we're so excited to get to talk to you, especially right now, because I think right now we all need to be having these conversations and need to be reminding ourselves of what's happening with other parents because these are crazy times for everyone what is the first message you really want to share and put out there for people right now i think we really need to acknowledge that this is like not a normal time because i think that a lot of the stress parents are feeling right now um comes down to trying to act like it's normal and that the normal rules of parenting and work and everyday living should all apply, but they totally can't right now. I mean, um, everything has been upended. The, uh, you know, the supports that are available to parents are falling and the expectations are rising by the minute. So every single parent I know is feeling exhausted, anxious, overwhelmed, and woefully inadequate. So I just want to pivot and tell parents, the situation is the problem. You are not the problem. In fact, you are the gift to your kids in this moment, even though you probably don't feel exactly like a gift right now. I can agree and attest to that. <laughs> every day, every day I sit down, I go, today's the day I'm going to print off some stuff for them to do. And then I don't do it. And then- <laughs> But maybe that's part of the gift because I mean, think about being, you know, I don't know what the age of your kids, Tosh, but think about like, oh, wow, my parents just gave me a worksheet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, mine don't appreciate that. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) We make it optional whether or not they do it, but yeah, they don't appreciate even that. (laughs) Well, maybe maybe the oldest does. She likes them sometimes. (laughs) 
Depends the day. Jenna, you actually just put up a, a really cool new Brunswick word Ooh. search and Sarah was so excited to get that this morning. That's what she's doing right now while we're doing the podcast. It's like, here, <laughs> this hopefully I will keep you busy. I being fun. When yeah. I was a kid, I used to buy those word search puzzle books and especially the ones that were themes, like, you know, all the flowers or, as you said, New Brunswick. It's like, wow, it's almost educational and it's fun. And it's I think totally that educational. Exactly. <laughs> I'm totally and, counting that. And it's good for your brain because suddenly you can see words backwards and that means that you can do cool things like you know mirror writing with your siblings and hold notes up to communicate in other ways like the possibilities the enrichment opportunities is what I'm saying have just exploded exponentially in your family so it's very true and I think a lot of parents are having trouble realizing that and making that switch to okay you know what we think of as schoolwork it works in school Yes. We are not in school. Most of us did not go into teaching for a reason. Because yes, <laughs> trust I me, I looked at it and went, no, no, that wouldn't have been for me. <laughs> and I think, you know, it is, it's, it's taking those little moments and really just taking a couple extra steps to say, oh, you want to bake something. Okay. And you can do the fractions while you're doing it or do the addition if they're younger. And even just the independence of letting them do things letting yes. them be bored and come up with crazy ideas to do yeah that is so valuable and i think for a long time now we've kind of lost sight of that for a lot of people and we've really gotten caught up in this structure right. and so i think it's really really fantastic to see and to really have that forced upon us to understand no unstructured activity has so much value and especially when a child is really interested in something, I mean, that's what sends all of us, even as adults, down those rabbit holes. It's like, gee, I wonder whatever happened to so-and-so or, you know, um, can I teach myself this practical skill? And, you know, we fire up all the YouTube videos. So it's the same thing for kids. Like, you know, if you are fascinated by a question or, you know, a category like, you know, dinosaurs or space or whatever, being allowed to, to you know, do that research, do that learning on, at your own initiative, that's going to be so much more powerful than wow, a grown-up thought this would be fun and handed this to you, you know, and even just, it's so cliche, but like, you know, making things with the contents of the recycling bin. I saw another mom I know yesterday posting pictures on Instagram and thank God they weren't like the really super challenging projects. This was like a cereal box that had been turned into like, a, you know, a car ramp for little dinky cars to go down and, and her kids and her were having fun just using that, those materials. It doesn't have to be huge because really all the kids really want is you know to be engaged with you in some way in their learning to share what they're discovering and you know just to, to have fun because learning and fun don't have to be opposites they can be happening at the exact same time that actually is a good point my husband's still working and I have never seen the kids so happy for him to come home so they can say look what I did today right yeah. like when they're in school all day they're not like hey look at my notebook that the teacher wrote no it's like daddy look we're currently like dissolving the eggshells in vinegar that's, that's our wow. current plan that's happening right now, our science project. And yeah, every day, daddy, look, 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 you can almost see through it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So uh, I get that. Yeah. It's, they want us more now than ever, uh, which can be exhausting mentally. Absolutely. Totally. <laughs> There's no denying that, but, but yes, you're right. It's nice to, when you have the moments to use the moments. Yeah, I mentioned this uh, on Twitter the other day with you, Anne. Someone had asked about, you know, not having seen a lot of father's perspectives during this whole thing. And I shared that that day my husband had said, wow, 
you know, it, it really is, it's not me that they respond poorly to at 4.30 in the afternoon, usually when he's coming home from work, it's the time of day. <laughs> and he yes. knew that logically, but to actually be here in the house all day, he's like, oh, I get to see them in the middle of the day when they're fun, <laughs> and when they're happy and they're not tired and exhausted and they haven't been, you know, playing with each other all day. So now they're tired of yes. each other. Now he gets to see more of those good moments and to really, you know, understand, yep, nope, it's that, that witching hour is still here at ages eight and seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so important. And just, uh, you know, because I think it is so easy to take parenting personally. And, you know, it could just be, like you said, the time of day or the temperament of a particular kid or, you know, their, their developmental state, like all kinds of things can sort of strain that parent-child relationship. So when you have those amazing, spontaneous moments of connection, like, that's what parents love most about parenting. I mean, I think we, we hear, we read so many stories that are all about, you know, parents are universally miserable and, you know, want to wreck your life, have a kid, like those kind of headlines when really, if you drill down, parents aren't more miserable than other people. Parenting is not just another word for misery. Actually, parents are extremely happy and what makes them happy is those moments of connection with their kids. And of course, those moments of connection are surrounded by everyday annoyance and frustration and stress and nobody being their best self. But when they happen, they really are fantastic. And you know, they happen at all ages and stages of parenting. I mean, I, I've had a couple of little tender-hearted moments with my my virtual family who are now, my four kids are now, you know, far flung and spread. But just even, you know, via Zoom call when you have those moments of connection or when you're a mother like me and you do something super sappy on Easter weekend and you send everybody a video of you reading a children's story to them back, mm-hmm. like back when they were little kids. So did you get a lot of yeah. tears with that? <laughs> um, I got thank you notes, which is like the ultimate parenting currency, right? To have someone actually say, hey, I, I actually enjoyed and appreciated that. So out of three out of four kids, if, you, if it ever came from four out of four, I think that would be my final act as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> Just wash your hands on it. Done. Yeah, done. Yeah, yeah. Hit the pinnacle. Nowhere else to go. <laughs> so for, for parents who are still struggling to find those good moments of connection or, yes. or to hold on to them because all of the other weight that we're carrying right now. What, what tips do you have? What advice do you have for those parents who are still struggling with that? I think a lot of it comes down to sort of like being able to focus your attention on what it is you really want to notice and appreciate and enjoy. And that sounds so easy, but it's not. Because when we're anxious, our brains are so much more distractible than usual. And most most of us right now are multitasking. I mean, we're trying to start lunch and respond to emails and do school and renegotiate the mortgage and you know all these things happening sort of all at once so of course our brain is hopping from activity to activity but I think if you feel yourself feeling torn in all directions and really exhausted maybe saying to yourself for the next 15 minutes I'm focusing on this and then after that I'll focus on this because otherwise you're, you're basically dividing your bandwidth we know what happens on the internet especially in rural areas <laughs> when you try to do too many activities at once you get you know, crashes or smudged screens. It's the same thing that's happening with your patience, your emotional resources, your ability to think and plan. So just saying, you know, 
I don't have a huge amount of time for one-on-one -on -one time with my kids in the next couple of hours because I have that pressing meeting at work or whatever. But for the next 15 minutes, we can just laugh, enjoy with, you know, time with one another, and then I can shift my focus. And of course, being kind to yourself, because sometimes you just can't pull this off. Like you wake up under a cloud of doom, like the cartoon cloud of doom that follows over your head, and you just can't escape from that in a particular moment because you are feeling weighted down by the pressure of the world. And in those moments, you say to yourself, I'm doing the best that I can in a really difficult situation, and maybe things will be a little better or a little easier later in the day so I can, you know, revisit this. Because I think if nothing else, we are all learning so many flexible thinking skills. We're pivoting from this to that. And, you know, like, I don't know about you, but there's some days when I go to log on to my favorite news sites and I think, what will the world have for me in this moment? And a lot of days I'm not liking what's showing up in my news feeds, but every once in a while you do find something inspiring and hope-filled and nature, of course, is doing spring, which helps a lot. Yes, yeah, that, that definitely has helped here where we still had, you know, piles of snow when all of this at-home life began. <laughs> yeah, the more, the more it clears up and the more I can see my ground, I'm happier. <laughs> and I'm not an outdoorsy person. <laughs> Maybe you will be. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, those allergies still exist. I yeah, know true. <laughs> very true. And I like how you pointed out 15 minutes, like a short period of time. I think a lot of parents are putting stress on their self that like, I'm not spending an hour or two hours doing this schoolwork or that schoolwork. I think you're hundred percent right. Yeah. It's, it's just little moments in between so much less stress on your shoulders, right? Yeah, because I, I think right now we just have to bring down those expectations uh, on ourselves. And I think part of what happens is we compare ourselves to some mythical person who has their act totally together. And I'm guilty of doing this. It's like, okay, one friend on online has just posted pictures of amazing meals. And another one is showing herself doing her workout. And another friend is being patient and engaged with her charming and delightful children. And I sort of blend all those into one mythical beast that is one person. And it's not, it's three different people having good 15 minute chunks over the course of a week because they didn't post the rest of their week. So I think if we can say to ourselves, the more normal experience right now is for parents to be feeling quite overloaded, quite stressed, um, also having moments of joy, then having moments of frustration and repeating the cycle over and over again. If we can normalize that and say to ourselves, all I can control is what's happening in this moment with my kids. And, you know, let's, let's make the best of a really challenging situation so that when the kids do come out the other side of this experience, maybe they carry some moments of fun and joy along with, you know, my parents were glued to the screen trying to figure out what the rules of social distancing were today. <laughs> so true. One thing I wanted to touch on briefly, although it's a big topic, I, something you've written a lot about, in fact, one of your books was pretty much focused on on being an advocate, especially if you have a child who has some kind of special needs, yes. um, you know, diagnoses, that type of thing. I know it's an extra hard time right now for a lot of parents who have children who have, you know, whether it's learning challenges or physical challenges, things that they're used to being able to go and get those supports for. What what can we say to those parents right now who need that extra help? Yes. I think a big thing to know is that um, some of those supports are still available behind the scenes in other ways, because you're right. I mean, 
all of us are finding things challenging. All of us were finding things challenging before this started. Then it all got dialed up. But yeah, yes, there are those families who maybe have a child with a, you know, a learning disability or a mental health challenge or who, you know, have any number of sort of challenging things happening in their families. Uh, it's so important to look for ways to get support. Maybe it could be from your local children's mental health or learning disability society. Maybe they're doing something virtually. Maybe it's connecting with other parents who are in a similar situation. I mean, I've been on so many calls with parents in the past few weeks where, you know, like all my kids have ADHD and they are running circles around the house at 90 miles an hour because in our situation, we can't go outdoors right now. And, you know, it's like hearing other parents say, yes, you know, things are kind of falling apart in little ways. And we can also validate one another's experience. We can get some practical tools and, you know, see what could the school board or somebody else be doing to try and make things better and easier. I mean, a lot of school boards are recognizing that some families don't have access to the technology they need to make learning happen in this moment. And they're finding ways to respond to that. So I think just, you know, saying, hey, I'm waving the white flag for very justifiable reasons. And can somebody help me out, which could be as simple as I can't take my newborn baby to the grocery store. And, uh, you know, could somebody else please pick up a few items so that this doesn't become an insurmountable barrier for my family? It's so wonderful that we are at a stage where there is technology in a way that people can reach out for help. I think that there's a lot of good that is going to come from the technology that we have right now. I think technology has been getting bashed on a lot in recent years. And I think we have to say technology is having its moment and it's doing really good things. And as we pivot out the other side, maybe we can take the best of technology and the best of face-to-face -face in the community connection and come up with a, a beautiful utopian hybrid to carry forward into the future. Cause Hey, I'm not, if nothing, I am an optimist and an idealist. My mom suggested that she would start doing uh, over Zoom, she would start doing the schoolwork with the kids because my mom's in Ontario, we're in New Brunswick, and my nephew's in Alberta. So she was wow. like, if I could get them all on Zoom, then, then I'll at least give you guys 45 minutes of your day that you could breathe or maybe have a shower. That's a lovely idea, eh? it, it's, it hasn't happened yet. But. <laughs> and I'm also thinking like a lot of tech savvy kids are going to be like, I don't know why we kept losing grandma in the background all the time. Disconnect, disconnect. <laughs> Exactly. I want to push the red button. No, I want to push the red button. That's how it goes in our house. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mine, mine got to have uh, access to Kids Messenger for the first time because of all of this, because we wanted to make sure that they could have that socialization with friends. And all it's become is them blocking each other <laughs> from messaging themselves. No, I'm mad at you today. Block you. <laughs> yes. We had a major family <laughs> issue, like probably a decade ago, it, you know, where one sibling let another sibling be their friend on Facebook. And she said, can you just tell him it's not okay to like every single thing my friends post? Like, no, I don't want to have a relative who likes 200 things in my friend's newsfeed every day. I do have to agree with that. That's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> so yeah, I can total support sign of a newbie to the world of social media, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, we will be wrapping up here shortly, but I wanted to know more about your books. Um, I, I'm a newbie in the world of your books, even though Jenna for <laughs> years has been telling me about them, but my kids are five and seven. So um, I wish I had picked up the books Jenna did when I was pregnant with them because I sadly did the ones that 
just give you a heart failure when you're reading them if one thing's <laughs> wrong. But let, let's talk about your books and, and how people can find them. Sure. Um, my two most recent books are Happy Parents, Happy Kids, which is all about minimizing the anxiety, the guilt, the feelings of overwhelm. Wow! As if on cue. <laughs> and uh, it's widely available. It was published by HarperCollins Canada, so you can find the ebook version or the paper version. And my other book um, prior to that was called Parenting Through the Storm. And it was... <laughs> So good. <laughs> parenting Through the Storm is all about um, parenting a child who's struggling with a mental health, neurodevelopmental or behavioral challenge and how that affects the family and, you know, how you can sort of like make things better for yourself, your family and your kid all at once. Both books were based on interviews with about 50 different families and a lot of experts and weaving in Douglas world experience because my family's been a lot through a lot of struggles and we've come out the other side So that's what I try to bring to my books. I can imagine with four children. You would have your share of experiences. Absolutely <laughs> Yes, and now that we're seeing gray hair in real time. We even have a visual representation of a lot of that learning <laughs> Yeah, my, mine probably should look about the same but uh, Essential services included hair tie <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. So, Anne, do you have a, a website? Yes. If people go to annedouglas.net, A-N-N-D-O-U-G-L-A-S.net, uh, they can find information about my latest books. And I've started doing some videos, which I guess I should share on my website at some point. And I blog and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, they'll, they'll find the videos, more than they ever wanted to know about me. The videos are up on your Facebook page, though. Uh, they're, yeah, they're on Facebook and they're also, I have a, I now have a YouTube channel as of the last two weeks, very exciting development. <laughs> and uh, I'm still spending way too much time on Twitter, which is pretty much my second job. So. Well, at least it's working for someone. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, so. <laughs> but I've slowly started to get back into Twitter during all this. It, that used to be my place. I used to love Twitter and then it kind of got too busy, got too much. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, no, I, I, I kind of like it back there again now. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Anne, for taking the time. I know you've got uh, a, a busy schedule of a lot of people looking to speak with you these days because I think we're all in that zone of just, yeah, wanting to reach out, wanting to talk to people, wanting to hear everyone say, it's going to be okay somehow, someday. <laughs> Lots of asterisks, but messages of hope. And I loved the conversation. It was great to start my day by hanging out with the two of you lovely women. So thank you for the invitation. Thank you very much. And thank you everybody who is watching us back on Rogers this week. And uh, for Anne for being our guinea pig for the new way Rogers is going to put our podcast up on television. That's amazing. Uh, the new shows are Monday nights at 830, but you can catch us all week long. Mm -hmm. And you can get us on iTunes, Spotify, all those great podcast apps. And of course, on PickleplanetMoncton.com and the podcast hub. Perfect. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.